Okay. We're a go? We are a go. Uh, welcome, one and all, to the, uh, I, I, the, inaugural. The, the inaugural address of, uh, of what we have just dubbed, uh, Wet Hot American Podcast. Wet Hot American Podcast. Uh, my name is Justin Runge. And I am Zane Reeves, and I'm going to try my level best to not electrocute us. In the studio today, I got drenched outside, and I'm taking my shoes off because they're squishing too much. For those of you at home, I don't know if you can hear it, but I am removing them. Yeah, there. That was a ooh and stereophonic sound. (laughs) The removal of the loafers. Um, Someone walks in. What you got? Some kind of weird triathlon (laughs) going here? Is is this something kinky? Yeah. Uh, But uh, today. for the first for the first podcast, obviously it's been a, a little less than a week since about five days since the Oscars, mm-hmm. and we felt that it would be fitting uh, for the um, for the podcast to to commence uh, after the one might say the biggest uh, events in Hollywood. Yeah, the, it's, over there. it's uh, the uh, canonizing last year's achievements in film. Yes, so. yeah, and so uh, we just. It's just sort of an open-ended conversation today about uh, Oscars, past and present, and um, and of course some of our own opinions. Yes, uh, I uh, I've tried to not get too absorbed in reading some of the the blogs or uh, some of the magazines that have already been analyzing it because I don't want to taint mm-hmm. my own uh, opinion too much with it. But I, I have uh, it's unavoidable uh, to do that and. Again, I, I guess we will have a solution to peace in the Middle East before we have a consensus <laughs> on what constitutes a good Oscar telecast. Well, it was incredible. I, I think this was the interesting thing to me. It was an incredibly divisive Oscar year, but it was also kind of an incredibly, I don't want to say underwhelming Oscar year. It- yeah, I, no, no I, I think underwhelming is an appropriate uh, description. It just didn't seem like there was a lot, there was no r- real momentum behind any of the films. No, uh, the, the thing it reminded me of, and I, it occurred to me the other day, uh, and uh, what what I realized for myself was this reminds me of I say this like I was there, but the 1969 Golden Globes, which mm-hmm. given a choice between Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid yeah. and Midnight Cowboy, uh-huh. they choose Anne of the Thousand Days, right. a film loved by no one. Right, right, right. And it seems like in, in choosing what they were <laughs> going to honor this year, they managed to bypass anything relevant. They did. They did. Oh, they, yeah, yeah. Or any, or anything um, that really had. Uh, I mean, I know this isn't the the Oscars place, but anything with a real sort of pop culture weight to it. Yeah. Um, it all seemed, even though most of the films were, I guess you could call mainstream, they, uh, they, they, neither of them, or none of them connected with audiences no. uh, this year. And, um, and I was, re- the pre-Oscar blogs were, I, I think, really obsessed with this idea that sort of what is the Oscars position for the general audience? It, yeah, it, it, it's tricky because uh, reading up on it, I, I, I think the Oscars, again, uh, when uh, they started doing uh, the uh, the awards, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was in writing. Like, they're, they're essentially trying to promote the idea of motion pictures as a respectable and legitimate medium, yeah. which means... Awards well, will always make something seem a little bit more legitimate. Right, and, and so it means, I guess, they're always putting their most boring foot forward. Like, uh-huh. what... You know, uh, again, very starchy, kind of interesting middle middle brow films. Uh, but uh, and, and it seems to have been had a couple of years where we were getting away from that. Yeah, yeah and yeah. then this year was just uh, you know, I was like, I, I, what, was Cimarron not available or something? <laughs> <laughs> we were, we needed another Broadway melody, right? Um, yeah, it's something. Just, I I I just because no one was, I, in spite of what I was being told. Uh, by the ads, nobody was talking about Slumdog Millionaire as no. having any importance no, to I, them. I, uh, well, Slumdog is it? Well, I, I suppose not. We can not to beat up on it, I like Danny Boyle as a filmmaker. Well, I, I, I have a lot of respect for Danny Boyle. Mm-hmm. I, I think because he's operated in and out of the studio system, and as well, um, I, I think like most of the directors I appreciate has not hesitated to do genre films with right. a lot of sort of uh, vim. Um, and and I think that's even though I feel that Sunshine was a bit of a 
uh, I, I don't know if you saw that. It was a bit of a the, the, the Ray Fine film. Of, uh, no, Sunshine no, was the um, was the film oh, the, that the, he did the, with, with, the, uh, with the with the Killian uh, Murphy. Ki- yep, Killian yeah, Murphy the, the, and yeah. uh, a few other um, semi-notable. Uh, and it was, um, it, but but I don't. But I can appreciate his his sort of. Um, his willingness to right. to tackle that sort of thing. Well, I mean, and even even films like a, with a life less ordinary, I think, was one of his uh, less successful films. Uh-huh. It doesn't work, but like at least it's like very kinetic. Like it moves. Yeah, like yeah, he really yeah, does yeah. understand motion better than a yeah. lot of. Was that you, you and McGregor again? You and McGregor yeah. and Cameron Diaz. That was the film that's that was right, going to right. revolutionize. How uh, you know on-screen romantic chemistry uh-huh. was, was done? That was uh, that was going to be an end-all, be-all statement. We've and just been waiting for that movie to come along, haven't we? Yeah. Um, but I, I think for me, that was maybe the least um, the least satisfying part of the Oscars this year was this sort of um, it wasn't a complete domination, I guess. But uh, the uh, was eight awards, I guess, for Slumdog. Yes. Um, and, uh, and that's, still, that, that's sizable. Sizable. That's a big, right? And and the two uh, and the two, I guess, biggest would, would, which were director and, and, and best picture. Um, so and, and again, I don't have a problem with Danny Boyle uh, taking home the, the the award. I guess I just wish it had been for something that wasn't quite so. Um, I don't want to call it throwaway. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I know you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, now, yeah, that's the thing. I, I, I feel, you know, color me embarrassed. I haven't. Uh, this is one of the probably. I started really following the Oscars intently from uh, the '93 ceremony with Unforgiven mm-hmm. on, and this is the first time since then where there's a real deficit in the number of like nominated films. That I yeah. part of that was just a budgetary issue, mm-hmm. uh, right? But. Uh, also, some of that was just a real lack of enthusiasm uh-huh. for a lot of these films. Was like if we, if I have a choice between going and seeing The Reader or going to see uh, Synecdoche, New York, and uh-huh. that's what I can see, right? Then I'm going to pick the coffee. That was, I think, maybe what happened with me was that I felt like I was I was in a good position pre uh, nominations. Um, and that I had, I had sort of like actively sought out right. um, most of the movies I thought were going to be nominated up up for a nomination, and so I know we we saw Synecdoche, we saw the rest, we saw, the we saw uh, Revolutionary Road, Revolutionary Road. I made sure that, um, and so, uh, of course I, I saw Wally, I saw Dark Knight. Right. Uh, I made sure I made a point of yeah, Wally was one of the inexcusable ones I had been procrastinating on. Mm-hmm. I made sure to catch before the right. the awards. And it's not that almost all of these movies didn't. Um, get some recognition at yep. the Oscars, but they, they just um, their position at the Oscars was a little marginalized. Uh, and especially, I mean, I guess I can I, I can seg into this now. What I thought was a really big disappointment was Synecdoche's uh, essentially uh, there. Yeah, that was baffling. Uh, I, could, I mean, it, it employed nearly every, you know, notable actor's actor mm-hmm. working. I mean, and, and it was I, few, I, I, I'd have to struggle to think about uh, an American film recently that gave so many great actresses something really interesting to do. I mean, when you start like Samantha Morton, Emily Watson, Diane Weist, Catherine Keener, uh-huh. um, you know, I was, was Michelle Williams, Michelle Williams, and uh, of course uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. And Philip Seymour Hoffman, and then you had a really cool. Uh, I, I thought the the most moving moment I, I saw in any film last year was. Uh, I, th- I hope this isn't a spoiler for anyone, but uh, Tom can, Noonan's final scene where yeah, he gives yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. uh, the tell-off speeches to uh, uh, Caden. It was I, I I'm I think I'm in full agreement with you. I thought that was astounding. I, I, I didn't I didn't get to see as many um, as many independent or foreign films yeah. this year, but as as far well, as American films. Um, I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think there were several moments in that movie I was just absolutely sort of uh, uh, taken aback. Right, yeah, like, there's a part of me, I still don't even know if I liked it. I just know that I can't, <laughs> I have a hard time not thinking about it, because yeah. uh, there was yeah. a lot going on, and, uh, you know, it, it, it respected the audience enough to be just downright inscrutable mm-hmm. in places. And, and, and... Uh, I guess I was going to sound like a cheese ball, but adventurous, and I, and I feel like it's um, well. And, and and Kaufman's screenplays have been 
have been honored in the past right. and well, I mean, very they're, often they're, they're the films. popular films that, and they are they well and they definitely have uh, even though it might be a, a niche audience they have yeah. a, it's a large niche um and i think people really uh, seek out his films yeah you um, have major actors that do his stuff the same way people do the cohen's kind of like it's yes. pro bono yes work yes yes that enhances their resume mm-hmm. and they know and i think it's just an ex- I, I think artists uh, in any art, and, and so and actors in this case, are astute enough to know who they want to be associated with, who they want to work with, and I think Charlie Kaufman's one of those one of those artists. You can just, you, I mean, as an artist too, you want to be challenged. You, you want um, to be challenged, and you'd like to think that aside from uh, paying bills and being fortunate enough to be one of the, well, I guess maybe two or three percent of, you know actors uh, in the Screen Actors Guild who actually work mm-hmm. on a regular <laughs> basis. Uh, but, uh, yeah, be a part of something that might be remembered and remembered fondly in 25 or 50 mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Uh, but... Well, and 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 in thinking about that, too, so in thinking about roles and the, and the potential of roles to really sort of um, cement a legacy for an actor, uh, in thinking about it more... I have to say that the Kate Winslet's uh, win for the reader uh, has left me kind of feeling a little bit weird. It, yeah, I mean, it, 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 uh, again, this is um, the uh, the blessing and the curse of someone like Harvey uh, Weinstein, which is he can actually make you, I don't want to say like root against, but at least be apathetic or not root for People like Martin Scorsese or Kate Winslet uh-huh. to win an Oscar. Yeah, because I actually like I like I don't I don't know if I want Martin Scorsese to win for Gangs of New York or The Aviator. Mm-hmm. I, I know that technically they were about on par with uh, staging the uh, invasion of Normandy in terms of <laughs> achievement, but I'm just so tired of uh, the, the 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 really uh, shrill campaigning. And then yes. there was this real desire to manufacture a controversy around two or three. Uh, uh, like I think it was uh, Rod Lurie wrote uh-huh. a post for uh, uh, wrote a blog for the Huffington Post where he was uh, griping about uh, the reader mm-hmm. and uh, and there was that article in the New Yorker by I forget who but it was essentially sort of um, uh, lamenting and lambasting sort of every every major nominee yeah um, it was yeah there was a real I think the press had a real problem this year with with the nominations and and I think the results as well. Yeah. Well, and in the reader, I, I, I don't think that film was. Um, it was very telling uh, that it was by far the uh, the redheaded stepchild of the uh, ceremony because Hugh Jackman. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Mr. Congenial like made a point of making a really kind of sharp jab. If you think about it, with uh-huh. that, I didn't see it. Um, right. And, uh, and 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 then the, reverting to sort of German sort of yeah. uh, stereotype. Um, and then the Seth Rogen, uh, uh, James Franco, uh, Judd Apatow directed thing, which, which I mean, it's be- that's probably the best film criticism I've seen yeah. or or even read or heard. Uh, was just two two stoners laughing at a pirated copy of it. Uh, I think is uh, yeah, it was really fantastic. That was a great that that was a great moment. And again, it's just, it's kind of sad that. Uh, what was a really clever joke on extras about grubbing for an Oscar? That was flashing in my mind yeah. so much. became reality. It's like, wow, that, uh, I don't know that the Academy has much of a sense of irony there. No. They even knew about or, that. Or Winslet. I mean, yeah. it, would, it would seem... But yeah, they not give it to her for uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Something inventive and something yeah. that maybe took a little bit of a risk. Or, yeah. I know that Helen Mirren was anointed for the Queen. Who that's someone who should have yeah, already had right, one or two yeah. Oscars by that point, anyway. But uh, you know, she's a her, young her working she, little children too. I mean, she's given course, at least three or right. four performances that you could have picked any one of them. Right. right. Uh, I um, so maybe I don't know if this was the year and the film to sort of to sort of um, and the idea of a career achievement for someone who isn't on. The other side of thirty-five yet, no. and is looking is looking better than she has. I think, like at any. Oh, sure, yeah. But she's just oh, wow. Um, and 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 then this year, uh, you know, in Revolutionary Road. Not to say that that was a better uh, performance, but um, was well. I think that you know. Well, she she like uh, I, I made a point of reading the the, the novel before we saw the film because like, uh-huh. I, I really was curious about it. And I like there was a piece on 
NPR about uh, Richard Yates that uh-huh. was um, intriguing. And, um, and but yeah, I, she in some ways kind of improved on what was on the on, on paper there because uh, it was very easy to see uh, April Wheeler as uh, and maybe a less sympathetic light in the book be, uh-huh. uh, because I guess just a lot of it you couldn't see or it was just it was like left uncommented on. Yeah, I, the the film did feel sort of uh, sort of uh, abridged. Um, it, for it me, was, as someone who hadn't read the book, yeah. but it felt abridged. It, it was. It was. Uh, and then they, they, the way I, I get too much into the uh, minutia of this would be probably dull. But uh, there, there's, there's a scene early on where Kathy Bates is giving the potted plant to yes. Kate Winslet, which I remember. Wow, I don't know why they chose to ruin a really good, like dramatic scene there. Which in, in the book, uh, the the real estate. Uh, broker goes and she gives it to Leonardo DiCaprio's character uh-huh. and there's this big thing she's yammering and yammering and he's just like he's beleaguered about everything in his life and he you, you feel very bad for him because he just wants um, like five minutes uh, to himself and uh, he's been fighting with the, his wife and then he thanks her and he's very gracious and then he turns around and he can't remember anything he she said to him about it and he tells her it's like April, it's like I've got this thing. I don't know what it is. I'm supposed to put it out in the front yard, and she's April is uh, now giving him a hard time. Like, what? What do you mean you can't remember? What we can't even remember what it's called. And it's just like really dead on uh, observation about uh, what's happening when like a couple just bickers and argues right. over every little thing, and they they. And what you're forced and what you're forced to make room for in your mind when you enter a sort of suburban existence um and it's not uh it's remembering how to plant something in the front yard and not a a film or art or or books Um, and i think it's also hurt by the fact that mad men is such a phenomenon right now and it's kind of tackling that same era and it has the luxury of doing it over the course of and so seasons yes yes and uh and also i mean i'm i'm a rabid Madman right. fa- fan, um, and I think too it's um, it, it, it's kind of uh, revealing when um, when a television show with a twelve episode uh, season kind of does something with a little bit more um, with a little bit more consideration and a little bit more flash too. I, I think just like Mad Men outdoes in comparison outdoes Revolutionary Road sort of on all points. Plus it allows, it does allow in a season that sort of like suburban angst to sort of like really develop. And the, and the idea I think that you, that you felt in, in Yates's book and you didn't feel in the movie was that this is something that's supposed to develop over It's supposed to develop time. over time. And then uh, the un, in the book, the author is extraordinarily generous with all of the characters. You see they're yeah. all trapped in a miserable situation. Uh, they all uh, reject the roles assigned to them yeah. and yet are trapped in them. And, 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 the, and the film, obviously, it pairs everything down to just these two. Right. And, uh, and then it, it, it didn't even really do that, the service that I thought it should have. Because uh-huh. in, in the book, again, it, it reminded me of, say, if you read, like, you know, a Cormac McCarthy novel where there's this uh, fetish-level, fetish-like attention to putting on boots, cleaning a gun, uh-huh. uh, or the vegetation around the rock or something. Right. And it's, like, to give you an idea of just how much work goes into all of this stuff and how, you know, how this, the big payoff scene, you, you have this real buildup to yeah. it from every little detail being examined. Revolutionary Road did that with the fighting that goes on between uh-huh. a uh-huh. couple. Like, you just, every detail of it, like the exhaustion of one person sleeping on the couch and the other person being in the bed and right. the one in the bed not wanting to be alone, uh-huh. and, uh, and and then the, the person on the couch, April, uh, uh, trying to get him to leave her alone, and just, like, these middle-of-the-night conversations that yeah. are captured in such detail. Were, I think there were real moments of, of, of clarity in, in Revolutionary Road uh, at, some of those, at some of those moments. Um, but, uh, you know, occasionally it felt a little overwrought. Uh, but, you know... It didn't really uh, was not really recognized by the Academy. No, oh, although it was, it was very nice to see uh, Michael Shannon. Yes, because I mean that was yes. a, a real live wire piece of work. For a moment, they were like, "Oh, this is 
this character actually seems to have a life outside of the frame. Right. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I. Yeah. I thought. Um. I. Because we were in a movie theater watching that. I yeah. think with a lot of people who. Uh, had not gotten into Bride Wars that night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, what was it that uh, uh, someone said? I don't even see why that they made that. They yeah, yeah, a young, a young lady that was sitting the same row as us said, well, we don't even know. Uh, why did they even make that movie? And another gentleman said, yeah, it was a collage of crap. That's a collage of crap. For a week, I couldn't get through a conversation without Without inserting a collage, collage of crap. crap. Yeah, it's, uh, a da- it's a dangerous phrase. Yeah. Uh, it, used uh, sparingly. But, yeah, and, and, and we talked about this, too, when we were watching the Oscars, about what people get nominated for versus what they they don't. We're talking about Philip Seymour Hoffman, who yes. gave a really solid uh, performance in Doubt. Mm-hmm. But it was one of the things, like, 50 other really good actors could have given the same right. performance, but nobody could have done what he did in the Kaufman film. Exactly, and I think, uh, too, in, in talking about Michael Shannon Revolutionary Road, uh, last year as, as well, he ha- he was the the, the lead, the lead in, in uh, shotgun, shotgun stories, stories, which was an amazing little American. It was, yeah, it was like a hillbilly Munich. Yeah, it I was all oh boy. Uh, yeah, and like and, and again, I, I know that it's um, it's very lazy to say something like this uh, as a, a form of uh, praise, but it really did remind me of say like early fifties Marlon Brando. This yeah. really coiled intensity and this idea that there was a lot going on with him that I can't get to. And, and yeah, the, 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 the sort of, um, the sort of like cork that Michael Shannon has on his bottle, yeah. I think is so impressive. Um, and he, and he also knows when to let it pop. I, I, I think he's a really, I think he's really interesting. I, 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 you know, I, I don't think I can make a comparison and, uh, an easy comparison to him, um, with, with another actor. It, it just seems like a, so idiosyncratic, uh, well, I, I thought it was in a way appropriate, although I hope that he doesn't get stereotyped and creepy role, but right, like, yeah, Walken yeah, yeah, would right. do that thing. Certainly, for him. certainly, yeah, and, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. like, Walken, I think, is now well enough past being mm. stereotyped into, like, he's just this lovable American institution who uh-huh. makes bad movies better and good movies great kind right, of thing. Right, right. And, like, yeah. But uh, that was another sort of, like, uh, confusing sort of, they could have uh, could have gone here and they didn't. Um, but what? yeah, he definitely uh, uh, it, with that with that audience of uh, people who were not allowed to see uh, Bride Wars. <laughs> he seemed to be the one thing that connected with them. Yes, too. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you insert a little bit of like uh, uh, clinical uh, <laughs> uh, mania uh, and, uh, and the, the people. It's always a crowd pleaser. Uh, certainly. <laughs> um, well. Uh, and talking about sort of like uh, tr- uh, missteps that the the academy took this year what were just some steps that the academy well, didn't I, take the, at all no, the, the <laughs> thing that everybody like uh, regardless of people that uh you know loved the opening number or hated it or whatever other the thing that seemed to be across the board was the perfunctory way they handled the uh the the, uh, the deceased montage yes where you couldn't like people were really upset about not being able to see Sid Charisse, like, in a full-frame uh, shot. And it's, like, right. someone who really deserves, you know, that moment, too. And instead of just cutting the mics dead for and, and piping in some music, they still have it where you can hear the applause, applause which is... I you would think that they would... The people in the audience would understand or know that that gets criticized. Every they must year. be. A, the, I mean, uh, the the producers of the telecast must be appeasing some sort of um, uh, uh, tacit requirement. I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's if it's some industry thing, um, but yeah, I always find it really baffling. Um, it was nice to see Manny Farber uh, yeah. mentioned that. That was something that was uh, like they. Uh, that was a classy touch. Mm, I, yeah, I, I think they occasionally get it right, and it is—it's—it's—it's it's, it's more inclusive than it definitely could be throughout. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just—I I think again the—you um, know—people had a hard time seeing uh, who it was that was being flashed in the montage, uh-huh. reading the names, and then uh, as well intentioned as the, the you know, having Queen Latifah come out and serenade the artist yes, uh, yes. that had passed it just became distracted because we're also watching 
Queen Latifah. Yeah, it was like a sharing the stage thing. Um, And uh, And it should have been seated at that point. uh uh, I mean, and and of course, I guess the... And and then at the end, they they kind of succumbed to the popularity thing. I think, you know, know, it's pretty much... It seemed like a foregone conclusion that Paul Newman would win the applause contest. <laughs> right, right. So the, they the needle on the meter, sort of the, the full treatment. Yeah, they, they get more than like he a got brief the pan shot. and the pan and scan. Yeah, um, and I mean, I, I, I uh, I'm not going to argue, I guess, uh, with that because the contributions were many. Um, but uh, it, yeah, it still it leaves the audience or at home in a sort of like privately awkward position. Right. Um, uh, and that's something you shouldn't have to think about. Um, that that one was, uh, I, I think that was the thing that, it was the closest thing to a consensus on, that can be handled better than it was yes. this year. Yes. Uh, I, I think um, the first number where uh, Hugh Jackman kind of sweeted the uh, the five nominees, uh-huh, uh-huh. That, that, was, that was really well done, and he... Sold that with an enormous amount of energy. And Anne Hathaway, I think everybody was. Every, every, yeah, everybody's that was, in agreement about her. Yeah, her contribution was fantastic. Yeah, she 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 was uh, really game for that. And the I uh, the the extended uh, you know Nixon victory thing at the end. Was yeah, really yeah, 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 yeah. She was uh, gorgeous. Yes, uh, <laughs> and uh, but. Yeah, I, I, I think, think the, I think they blew it though. That with the with the with the production numbers, they had something that was a sort of really fun, self-effacing, mm-hmm. and um and 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 didn't mind, you know, teasing without being too um, acerbic. And and then uh, the other production number of the night was the, the generally bombastic kind homage of homage to the movie musical, which was also uh, uh the movie musical was not a a, a very sort of impactful it was not, aspect anything, of the year. If anyone was talking uh, about. Uh, music and film this year, they were talking about the bizarre omissions mm-hmm. and the song category. Uh, and, and I just wonder about like how much respect they have for that category because to have only three nominees uh, this year, when again, were, I, the one everyone griped about was um, you know Springsteen's The Wrestler, which was a tremendous song that communicated everything that... And then uh, John Bryan's uh, Little Person for uh, Again, Synecdoche. I, I, uh, I guess that I don't know if the, I don't think that's on any of his uh, albums. Aside. I think he, j- I think he did that for the the film. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, he he tends to just do uh, yeah, stuff like that were made for soundtracks. I guess, I, uh, yeah, I was, I, just, I didn't think that there would be an eligibility problem with no, it. no, no, no. But yeah, but to to miss out on both of those when you had two available slots and. Uh-huh. Um, and I think I I think too. I'm willing to even go to a place where you know um, Bolt came right, out Bolt. this year, with, which had a Miley Cyrus song. It's like it, it's this I whole idea that too, which would have been very she's so sweet. Um, it, it, it's just sort of like the Academy is willfully keeping a general audience at right. arm's length. There's a possibility of having Hannah Montana on stage, right? Yeah. Uh, performing at Springsteen. We're shy about having high school the musical people. And of course. Of course, yeah. Let's let's trump out a uh, Zach Efron, Zach Efron, and uh, Vanessa Hudgens, yeah, right? I guess, yeah. And, I, and, and well, and, and sort I feel of like a marginal the South Park role. gang about that. Like, if that's pop culture, then I, I'm just I, I'm pulling myself out for a while. And and also and also succumb to I think what's going to be um, something where we will rue by this time uh, next year, which is the uh, the at this point incessant and obnoxious use of at last. Uh, yeah. and everything. And they did it with sort of a wink because I guess there's a there's a Beyonce at a James feud happening about the song and, mm. and as well there should. I I, I just I, I, well, I... Yeah, to have your signature song turned into this annoyingly ubiquitous uh-huh. thing. It's everywhere now. and it, yeah. I mean, not that it wasn't if you've been not to a wedding in the yeah, past. Like it, 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 yeah. But it's just one of the, like, oh, who doesn't like to hear at a James? Uh-huh. You know? and then, but yeah, it's like, and then it gets associated with Someone who is like Justin Timberlake in bad need of a vacation. <laughs> like, look, you can go away for six Timberlake months. Timberlake usually takes forget. a vacation, though. I can appreciate him. But. Uh, oh, no, I mean, I, 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 I'm long past the point where I feel like I have to hold on to my credibility card uh-huh. by dissing him. I mean, <laughs> he, he, he's, I, if nothing else, he's lasted too long for me to be glibly dismissive of him. His, 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 uh, his uh, filmography, though, not 
not very impressive. Southland uh, Tales. I, I like Southland Tales. I, I, Did you like Southland Tales? Well, as much as someone could. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was a mess, and uh, I... I, 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 uh, I See, I'm sort of attracted to sort of, like, beautifully bombastic... Um, well, there are set uh, pieces in that like film that I, I, I watched it o- over spring break last year, and, you know, nearly a year ago, and set pieces from that, like the floating ice cream truck, uh-huh. and, um, you know, gosh, what were some of the... That, that hasn't left my mind, yeah. or the, uh, the... The movie got me to like The Killers. Uh, right, yeah. yeah. I, I, that, that, things like that were really good. Or there are certain lines in that where I think it's very unfortunate that Lee Marvin's not around to say things like, I'm a pimp and pimps don't commit suicide. <laughs> um, so that's all I could think about was like, that's Lee Marvin's role. And, I uh, think, I think, I think Kel- Richard Kelly, right, is yeah, incredibly. R. Kelly. R. Kelly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, he, he's going to pee on you, I guess. Uh, <laughs> he's, uh, and he's so incredibly talented, but also, um, is it sort of uh he's like Michel Gondry he's the kind of a loose cannon with like you, you yeah, need someone else yeah, there with yeah, him yeah. like same, same way with George Lucas I think it's sort of like someone who doesn't um who uh, the the superhero trope of like uh, discovers they have powers but doesn't know how to sort right. of focus them uh and I well, I could even that, with Donnie Darko you could sense that there's this sense of like I think this guy thinks this is going to be the one movie he ever gets, so he's going to get he's everything go he ever thought of in this film. Well, I, I was in reading some criticism of Southland Tales. It was interesting. Um, I, I read on uh, some some site somewhere uh, that uh, I think they said, you know, it was uh, it was obvious that it was the kind of movie that someone whose first success is this sort of like uh, fringe, uh, sort of confusing, uh, thing, you know, where it does seem like this is the filmmaker's one chance to voice yeah. his, uh, his, uh, sort of... Get all the demon taste. monkeys in his hair out. And right, the, uh, and, and Southland Tales was, uh, the sort of expected second movie by a guy whose first movie was like Donnie Darko, yeah. right? It was not, they're not gonna pull back, which, uh, but I can, I, in thinking about that okay, criticism... Least, I always... I, I, I have a, an enormous amount of goodwill for anything. It was as flawed as it was, at least it had a brain and gear, and it was... And it seems uh, like something like, uh, I mean, Charlie Kaufman, who's maybe got a bit more age and experience, um, is it can take those very experimental risks, but also seem like uh, it can make it cohesive. And I just think Richard Kelly is, a, like I said, it's it's a, I think it's a maturity thing and understanding what, what you can get away with. Um, but I, I think an interesting corollary, though, is... We have Richard Kelly who wants to push the envelope and with his last movie did and was not very well received. On the flip side, this year we had um, Aronofsky. Right. Who pulled back. Pulled back. Considerably. And um, – Well, I think he knew that he – that was his uh, – that was his nut right there. He could do that uh-huh. once, but he couldn't do that – like he might be able to do that two or three pictures from now again after he has – Yeah. Like, but if he did that again with The Fountain, then – he he might have uh, you know uh, the, the the Chuck Taylor crowd into him, yeah, uh, but yeah. he, he he'd never be able to get another film made, mm. uh, regardless of how much people like working with him or right. how interesting his ideas are. I I, I think uh, I think he's really savvy. I think he understood how much he alienated people with the fountain. Even though I mean, it's sort he of got a, has its, uh, an undeniable cult right. sort of following um, with the film, which I I, I mean I. I saw the fountains and still kind of can't understand the uh, the, the the fan following. Um, maybe I have to revisit it. But he he definitely sort of said, "I think I need to demonstrate that I do know how to make a film with a core, with strong performances, something that doesn't need uh, to attract attention, um, uh, something that we can make on the cheap." Uh, I mean, he's never gotten an exorbitant amount of money right. for any of his films, and 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 the fountain was made on a shoestring budget for that, especially for that type of film, uh, effects-driven sort of thing. Um, but the rest of it was just so much of a of a U-turn, um, and it was, yeah, it was uh, on its face an extremely traditional film. Uh, had it with a slightly, you know, well, not slightly, but a considerably uh, more depressing ending than you might associate with what was coming yes. before. But, like, it's the same thing. Like, his choices as a director um, as m- were as vital to that as Mickey Rourke's performance. I, I, think, I, I think absolutely. I, I think uh, his... And, and the right... The, the, uh, uh, what's the... the um, the, the, the author of the, the, the screenwriter uh, who uh, was with... 
Mickey Rourke forgot his name. Yeah, so Mickey Rourke. I. And, now, and, I, and I remember, I think, I think, no, it's kind of bad. That Mickey Rourke keeps forgetting because uh, he he was uh, he worked he he uh, was uh, over at the Onion for a long time. Robert Siegel. Robert Siegel. Yes. Yeah, Robert Siegel. Uh, and uh, so uh, yeah, I I, I was going to feel terrible there because I was like, it's a shame that Mickey Rourke keeps forgetting the screenwriter. Well, I think name, he, he'll mention Eric. I Robert. think Mickey Rourke also forgot the screenplay. Uh, to be honest, I, th- I think yeah, I, from yeah. what I heard, it became a pretty skeletal sort of framework, um, and 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 Mickey just sort of um, took his dialogue and design. I, I, I think that uh, yeah, I, I think that Aronofsky did have the luxury of letting Mickey Rourke go for. Let's say he needed two minutes of usable footage. Uh-huh. Maybe he let Mickey Rourke go for 20 minutes and then could call kind of ruthlessly from dad. Uh-huh. Uh, and then also, I, I, I obviously, I, there could have been an entire thing with the deli that we don't know about because uh, that <laughs> that was my favorite thing to read about with the, the making of the film, was that how much yeah, Mickey Rourke right. hated anything to do with the deli and how the uh, people who actually were you know worked there, like the managers, and the employees would be telling Aronofsky, so can you do something about Mickey because he's writing his instructions down and no one can read them? Well, yeah, I think they actually, because they, uh, I, I think this is becoming sort of an apocryphal story about the film, but they, they didn't have enough money to yeah. close the, the store. And so he was actually serving customers right. um, and just sort of writing gibberish and, and yeah, no one... Quite new. You could you could tell when he was like like oh Mickey's just so not into doing this part yeah. of it. He's just but like th- writing down. What I think a lot of people. I, I think that's that's the one scene, and then and then the other scene from that film that got a lot of a lot of talk was the one with the uh, necro butcher. butcher. Yeah, which I, we don't have to discuss. But uh, yeah, it, it, that was uh, the way that scene was handled was uh, I thought masterful because you yes. it cuts to oh, the sure. aftermath of it and then you see in flashback what happened. And well, and it sort of used it was uh, almost a, a literary technique in a way. It used the the wounds mm-hmm. and the treatment of the wounds as sort of uh, this is going to sound grotesque, but as entry points back into sure. the the moment in which they occurred. I, and, I, and I it thought was almost it was, as if he was uh, you know on the. Uh, uh, version of a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in India. <laughs> yes, oh, of Each course. Each with a question. The, the, <laughs> the, the wrestler Walla. Uh, but, uh, uh, I, and, and so... And it, I, and it, it managed him. to pull back enough to where, uh, you know, it, it, like you really, you, you understood the impact and the devastation of this, but it, it, it never got to where, like, am I supposed to be enjoying this? Yeah. Or, yeah. or or becoming too much for people, like, I have to go get, like, nachos now because I've been watching 15 yeah. minutes of an, an extreme hardcore wrestling match. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was, vicious. but uh, like you said, it was, it was, it was handled. Uh, it was a virtuosic sort of, direct, which uh, again, um, brings us back to the Oscar snubs. Why was Aronofsky not nominated? No, no, again, I, uh, cause he, <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I, I guess, uh, and, and again, like I, I, I liked all of the, the, the directors that were like, I, I, but someone like yeah, the idea that uh, Aronofsky's work and the wrestler of the choices he made that enhanced that as a film going experience yeah. were for me as a as a paying customer superior to Ron Howard's and Frost Nixon. And I I I, right. I, 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 I certainly I uh, I enjoy Ron Howard's films because they're well made and like the kind of well made uh, kind of standard star-driven Con- prestige vehicle. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't. Uh, and, and, and you know, without him, I don't know if we would have had Arrested Development. So. That's true. I'll, I'll never. I will never. Get the uh, lifetime pass. Yeah, absolutely. But, he sort of get out of jail. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. But it's like it's, it, it'd be absurd to pretend like you have any kind of animosity towards uh, Ron Howard. But at the same time, it's like. I you know there there were so many more interesting films. Frost Frost Nixon was, I was probably a little more disappointed with that than I was with um, Revolutionary Road because I just like it, it, Revolutionary Road at least seemed to find something for a spine uh-huh. to have there and like Frost Nixon, um, you know the material was so rich and the characters were so interesting uh, and, and that and it's a, it a great idea to make a dramatized kind of like this is. But uh, it just, it was not as compelling as 
like it should have. Well, been. and that, and speaking of compelling too, though, uh, uh, the another, I mean, the, I think the directing category this year was, was sort of a sham. Um, but uh, then uh, also nominating David Fincher for what I think was probably his weakest directorial. It, it definitely the besides film Alien he, Three. Uh, I don't the, the David Fincher film that your aunt likes. Yes, yeah, um, yeah, because it reminds her vaguely of something. Uh, well, because they like Brad Pitt. Uh, right, yeah. of course. Um, yeah, I, I, my, that was my mom's thing. Where it's like I was rooting for Brad Pitt. Yeah. Wow. Well, and uh, and with that film too, I felt like. Um, I mean, I can admit that I was excited about sure. it. I was excited for it to come out. And I think much of my excitement came from the idea that it seems like something that will be, that can be definitely sanguine and sentimental. But I was thinking in the hands of David Fincher. Right. I am absolutely positive I'll get an edge to it. I mean, there's it's going to be unsettling in some way. To tell you the truth, felt incredibly neutered. Um, uh, and and that really disappointed me. I don't me. know if the film ever recovered from that clip of comparing and contrasting it with uh, Forrest, Forrest Gump. Gump. I'm, well, it was, yes, uh, I, like I, I think that the sh- I think that the best film criticism uh, of the year has been from un- unorthodox means. James Franco yeah. um, sitting on a on a couch with uh, Seth Rogen or uh, yeah Which, YouTube again, mashups. That, I mean, and again, talk about like that's something else too. Like I you know. In a lot of times, like this year was, uh, well, this year, I, uh, most of the films I was interested, like, I, I, you know, the Pineapple Express was something that I was disappointed in as a film, but uh-huh. it had a couple of really great elements yeah. to it. One was James Franco, who I thought gave a very charismatic lead performance, and it's kind of like a very deft, comedic role that never gets attention. And mm-hmm. then someone that, it's a shame that since he had a kind of big coming out year, he, he gave a number of performances that could have been considered, but uh, Danny McBride in oh, The Pineapple Express was, uh, he, like, he uh, he carried that for me with yeah. the film, cause even more than, than, than James Franco, because I just thought it was such a, uh, like, it was such an unlikable, uh, duplicitous character, but at the same way, like, it was sold so well to me yeah, with yeah. his performance that I still, I, I looked forward to seeing him. I, he's, every- he's, he's swiftly becoming sort of like your go-to guy for, yeah, the sort of detestable and uncomfortable, but somehow lovable, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, man. and I know, uh, like, uh, Patton Oswalt spent the whole year, uh, single-handedly campaigning for the Foot Fist Way, which is the one Danny McBride <laughs> film I didn't see last year. Right, I feel uh, terrible, but uh, yeah, I, but yeah, like that, Tropic Thunder, and um, so I think he had one other... Song. Well, he's, but he's, he, he's doing an HBO series the right now. The Eastbound and Down. Eastbound and Down. Which are the, okay, with, there's a Jerry Reed reference there. That, that's very nice. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, uh, and I'm, I'm interested. Uh, especially, too, because David Gordon Green, again, has a Sort of connection to it, but who? That's that's an interesting career. I'm 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 interested in seeing what happens because uh, all the real girls, George Washington. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it was it's sort yeah, of a like, criterion. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the the fact that he's now doing stoner comedies uh, is an obvious career detour. I'm interested to see how it sort of like yeah. uh, works in the greater sort of. Um, right. Well, I mean, yeah. If if if, if Directors with a distinct visual style want to make genre comedies. Or uh-huh. genre, like I, I'm all for, like totally. you know, because uh, if there's ever a, a, a genre that needs a little more visual flair, it's Systemic. screen comedies. Because yeah. yeah, they all like my favorite ones. Uh, even a lot of Preston Sturges' films, they're like right. they're kind of like the very flat composition, but the dialogue and the acting were so good. Uh-huh. Uh, but like you know, one of my I, I love the man with two brains as if it were, like, my own flesh and blood. <laughs> but visually, it's an ugly, artless film. Yeah, right, um, right. But, yeah, that, but I think that was another letdown about uh, the Pineapple Express, which was, aside from, like, the the leapfrogging scene, which was kind of a takeoff of Badlands, and any time you get a Terrence Malick yeah, reference right. in a, uh, <laughs> But it was, it, it was, like, it, it was serviceable, but nothing uh-huh. special. But, yeah, I, I think, I'm sure that... Uh, I, I imagine that David Gordon Green probably enjoys those films on yes. a person, and then yes. also I'm sure 
after George Washington and all the real girls, he probably would like to live in a house that he owns, too. (laughs) 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 Right, and a house with his mother. Uh, Yeah, but no, no, yeah, but uh, yeah, all the real girls is another one I think that's kind of quietly crept up to be one of the more significant films of the decade. Mm -hmm. It's a little precious in places, but it's still... uh, it's beautiful to watch, and and uh, and I think uh, one of the more uh, uh, genuine, right. authentic efforts uh, put to put the film in a while. It just, it just has an unmistakable sort of uh, feeling of uh, unpretentiousness, which is kind of amazing because it is. I think at times is very incredibly stylistic, and um, and occasionally takes a, a few. Um, uh, wrong I was mainly thinking about the bowling alley. Shots there. Th- those were uh, the first. I remember the first time I felt like that's fine. And then part of it too, like I, uh, I, I, I think I had um, at times a hard time staying with Paul Schneider's character. Uh-huh. Um, I think part of you know, just he. Well, and it, it's because they're sort of in that film. They're trying to sell him as like the irresistible bad boy, and he's. I mean. Yeah. An attractive man, but by no means right. a, a stunner. Um, and as well, I, I don't think I would ever. Uh, there's just an impossibility in my mind to make him seem like he's a prick. Right? Yeah. He. Because he, he, yeah, I, I yeah, I, 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 like no, he's like the considerate. Like he, yeah, he he's the girl that Anne Hathaway like ends up with in some like <laughs> Sex in the City esque yeah, you know right, right, uh, movie right. that she's, she's doing just been between already Jonathan Demi productions. Yeah. Uh, uh but uh either him or uh, with the Adrian uh, Grenier. Yeah, uh, right, and Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Um and uh, uh so there's another director to sort of think about but uh, I, I guess uh, it, it, bringing it back to yeah, I know we're, we're very digressive here. Uh, Oscars. Well, you know, maybe this is what our everybody should be expecting. Yeah, which is we're just gonna we're just gonna digress. We're gonna bird walk. Um, maybe it should be called Wet Hot American Tangent. Wet Hot American Tangent is also I I, I think Wet Hot American. I think and then we can figure out that the, the <laughs> we need to have segments too that are Wet Hot American segments. Yeah. What. <laughs> <laughs> wet, wet, hot American DVD releases for the week. <laughs> um, uh, uh, well, uh, I guess, and bringing it back then to the Oscars, um, maybe as a as a as a wrap up, uh, what were you pleased with? Let's see here. I I like Jackman as a host. I I, I was one of, like I saw some people would have uh, you know were happy that he stayed out of the way after the first, mm-hmm. and then other people liked him so much they wanted to see more of him. Yeah, I was one of the ones that would have been happy to see more of him. Sure. Uh, and I understand that like, a lot of the award shows don't have these like all-encompassing hosts, mm-hmm. but I think that's also something that helps differentiate the Oscars from the other yes. things. And uh, I think that they do serve a, a good... It, it, it's, it's nicer to have a, a likable, uh, recognizable figure doing these uh, M- MC duties as opposed to oh, there's some someone on the PA telling me to applaud now because right. Seth Rogen is coming. Well, out. and there's and there's certainly a uh, there's certainly a tradition of of um, of the host weighing heavily for everything from Bob Hope to Billy Crystal. I mean, I, it's that's a role. Yeah, um, that I I think is. I'm not in the. I'm I mean, not actually, the community, have some pop Yes, yeah. and absolutely too. I mean, it kind of got it kind of got away from. I kind of got away from the Oscars a little bit in the '90s as they, as they tried to push the envelope. But of course, everybody remembers the, the, um, the David Letterman incident. Yeah. And, uh, and again, the thing about like that and uh, like I felt bad because the guy that got beat up. And of course, he you know making a lot of uh, self-effacing jokes about himself. But uh-huh. I thought John Stewart was a very good host, mm-hmm. and I yeah. think that like like with David Letterman and like with Chris Rock, the Academy is just aggravatingly thin-skinned. Uh, with certain jokes that really yes. they should be able to yes. take better. Yeah. That, like, uh, we I, don't need Bruce Valanche writing every one of these <laughs> things. We can have someone else. Uh, I, I think, the, I think the, the best example of that this year was at the Golden Globes with uh, uh, Ricky Gervais yeah. making the joke about... Wasn't it Ricky? No, yeah. no, it was, it was uh, Sa- uh, Sasha Baron Cohen who made the joke about Guy Ritchie and Madonna. Oh, yes, yes, uh, yes Madonna and, and, had and fired that, out of her uh, yes. You had a lot of stink eyes in the audience. I together. couldn't believe that. I mean, I thought that was... I mean, I well, thought that, that joke was on point. Well, even the, the, the Guy Ritchie's over. thing was also a bit... Like, you could... You could yes. Put, uh, with the uh, the Holocaust films not having gag reels. Right. And... Uh, 
And then uh, even like Seth Rogen's, I think, got kind of a shock there he when, when he made the like, you know, I, 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 in the 80s, I'd be doing cocaine with Mickey Rourke. Right. And, you know, any, any of the Golden Globes have that, uh, have that, uh, sort of, um, and considering, uh, party, yeah. sort of. Well, half of them are sloshed by the time they get up there. Well, Gervais was off. up there with a cocktail. No, with a pint, of course, with a pint in, in true <laughs> British fashion. Uh, but, uh, I, so I, I mean, I appreciate that as somebody who sort of like looks at, uh, I mean, I don't look at Hollywood with like starry eyes, but I, you know, I, 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 I like being allowed to sort of enter their, their sort of, um, Dream world of magic. Yes. Oh, yes. The <laughs> glitter and the glitz. Um, so I, I, you know, I want to see them sort of jab each other. But um, yeah, I, I, I mean, back to Jackman. I think I, I would agree. I, I think I've, I have thought of him as eminently likable yeah. for a long time. And um, underrated as an actor, I thought what he did in The Prestige was really. Well, I thought The Prestige was underrated uh, and, yeah. on all fronts. And, and, and then, of course, it, you were like, you know, it just. Uh, I, I think his work, uh, it gets very, uh, to go from the prestige to the X-Men films, but, you know, obviously, if you see Jackman and anything else, then you watch X-Men 2 or something, you right. realize, like, uh, the, 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 he is nothing like that, which, again, uh, no. obvious, he's acting, but, yeah. like, this is a musical theater yeah. geek he, he who can, is, yeah. you know, entirely... <laughs> almost too convincing uh-huh. as you know he kind of reminds he kind of reminds me of um he's got this very much like 60s sort of like uh not like Christopher Plummer Hammer and Hammer the Hammer films but like uh it seems like he would or Christopher be Lee, maybe, or Christopher yeah. Lee not Christopher Plummer um uh it, it seems like he would be in some sort of like uh creaky uh, s- sort of um, that horror remake in the '60s is sort of like the handsome, uh, yeah. you know, son-in-law or something, uh, with the with with his sort of hair and his his j- strong jawline. But maybe it sounds like I have a man crush. Uh, <laughs> don't have a man. Well, crush. just don't start like reciting Hugh Jackman facts. Like you know, Hugh Jackman destroyed <laughs> the periodic paper and get the only uh, recognizes the element of surprise. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, we won't we won't go that far, <laughs> but uh, I think. But that, yeah, the, uh, the, the the host was was good, and I think it took some adjusting. But I did, like I don't know that this should, like it's better if they're able when they had the five former winners get up there to present the awards in the acting category. Some people really didn't like that. Some people really didn't like it, and it, a lot of valid criticism about like it seems a little bit like. Are we hearing a eulogy or what's going on? Yeah. Uh, is someone about to get a rose and be voted off? And, uh, <laughs> but uh, but it, it works when, like, the one everyone liked was De Niro and Penn because there was actually a real connection right. there. Like, if they could get someone, if they could get people that have, like, connections to uh-huh. the, uh, but, of course, that's limiting, too, because, like, that might not be a happen, that might not be a possibility. Yeah, I also enjoyed uh, Shirley MacLaine's introduction of Anne Hathaway. Um, yeah. Because I, 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 I'm not sure if they've ever worked together, but you could tell that there was, like, a, a genuine sort of, like, admiration from MacLaine of a young, because, you know, that was kind of the position Shirley MacLaine was in oh, when sure. she was younger. Um, she was doing, and, like, the Rat Pack films. Yes, and yeah. and. and and it felt very much like a, uh, it felt very much like a christening, and and I kind of I kind of enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed that. I also enjoyed. I th- I thought like I you know the the, the one that was the weirdest I think because it went first with the supporting actress because um, I thought Tilda Swinton looked like one of those statues that was supposed to shoot a tray you with the lasers. <laughs> she always has. Uh, if if yeah. she was if she was like. Uh, I don't know if she was like uh, four times her size, and they, uh, and they spray painted her in gold paint. She could be one of the oversized Oscar statues they always have on yeah. stage, you know, just sort of standing there. But but yeah, I, I, it was it was uneven at best. But yeah, yeah it was, but it, it really worked when you had someone that had a connection to the actor being uh, nominated, and uh-huh. it was also uh, although I think both of us 
like you, you, you squashed me in the Oscar pool, but I think we both would have liked to have seen Mickey Rourke win. Yeah, yes, yeah, and I, I would like to see Sean Penn like be very gracious in that. Well, and that's been an uh, there. There has been some some chatter on the on the blogs about Sean Penn's uh, acceptance speech, be, because it did go from being sort of like um, very uh, respectful and, and gracious to, of course, being very Sean Penny yeah. um, and a little bit confrontational, and then uh, sort of that weird thing he said about uh, Van Sant. Where uh, he, he said, sort of like you know, directors, great directors will sort of like yield to your brilliance as an actor, and Gus Van Sant yielded to my brilliance as an actor, so I appreciate that. That him. was kind of the, the yeah, I, I, uh, not buried too deep into the subtext of of that. Well, yeah, I, Sean Penn, uh, you know, I, I, I guess he has a a, a lot of. Uh, uh, answering to do for making it very easy like to be this poster boy for uh, a kind of maybe a little too self-important even yeah. though it's undeniably very very gifted right. as He's an actor but yeah it's like this uh, you know, this idea of like because I am an artist I have a deeper and more profound understanding of the human condition yeah. than oh, you yeah. do yeah 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 it's a, it's a, and he has that voice that also sounds like you just sound like yeah, the the, uh, the the MFA student who does have the <laughs> I'd rather be reading Bukowski uh-huh. bumper sticker. Well, he uh, he uh, he's and he, he sort of has an eternal smirk on his face. He he would have been a great selection to play the Joker as well. He sort of has that, you know, like an yeah. automatic sort of. Uh, sounds well, like twenty a, years ago, Eric Roberts would have been a great selection to play the Joker. Right, and and Mickey Rourke is still pe- petitioning but, for that role yeah, to be I, given I, to him. <laughs> that oh goodness, I. I I think that was actually a really savvy piece of marketing because I no acceptance, no award or anything got the kind of uh, viral attention that Mickey Rourke's Independent Spirit yeah, oh, speech yeah. did. That, that's the one that's on everyone's Facebook wall. It's uh-huh. like, oh my gosh, he's unhinged. You know? Sure. Well, we just have to welcome Mickey back with open arms to the fold, I think. Because um, we've we've had for long enough uh, other actors who have filled that sort of like I'll say anything at any time yeah. role. I know for a, a, for a while it was um, uh, blanking on like a, some a major actor's name um, who was in who won the Golden Globe for in, in Bruges. Um, oh, uh, Colin, uh, Colin Farrell. Farrell. Yeah, Colin Farrell had that sort of position for a while of like anytime he gets up we're, we're he's going to say something that's like charming and a bit uh, smutty yeah so. absolutely yeah he always sort of has that like bowery boy uh, right. you know charming but also incredibly sort of uh, sort of like sal- sal- salacious yeah but yeah I, I um, yeah the, the, the Mickey Rourke acceptance speech uh, for the independent I think people were really like regardless of the quality of the performance they wanted to hear another Mickey Rourke speech right, right, to see if right. it would be just as um, loose. Uh-huh. And, uh, but, yeah, and again, I, I think my favorite comment, period, I mentioned this to you before, so I hate to double dip, but uh, <laughs> after, right the moment Sean Penn won with the, the, the Onion live blog, with the AV Club live blog, with Guess Who Just Got Affordable Again for Iron Man 2. <laughs> so, like, Genre films, that's where it's at. You know, if, uh, that worked for... Uh, that what I think we can all say the former bad boy of Hollywood, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Oh, sure. uh, so uh, that's that's it the ticket. It helps not to condescend the material when you do it too. Right, like, like he clearly was very engaged with it. I think so, and that's the great thing about Robert Downey Jr. is uh, it seems like it, he's sort of been popping into these um, these possibly sort of like uh, standard uh, genre fare. Um, but we we sort of already know the script before we've we've seen it. Like I thought, Tropic Thunder was going to be, or um, like it looks like the soloist could be. Right. But I think that his just his presence in those films kind of elevates. Well, yeah, I think really, what you you know you know what you hear from the the very first acting class you ever take is just commitment. And yeah. that's someone who's clearly like whatever the premise is. With with take. without be without having to be method, which I can appreciate as well. Oh sure. I mean, it's he's so very much himself in all those roles, but it just is. Um, that's what you want. You want Robert Downey Jr. in that role, you know. Um, even with Chaplin, kind of it was it was still very yeah, much well, wrapped well, yeah, up. Yeah, that was that was a good fusing of two different. I mean, like the mm-hmm. only, you know that would I guess the only possible thing that would have been. As, it was just an ideal piece of cast. I guess Johnny Depp would have been good, right? For that, but yeah, that, that was he. Well, he kind of that. got his Benny and June. Uh, he, he sort of did that, yeah. Uh, with the but 
Yeah, but yeah, like I, I Lord, uh, Robert Downey Jr. almost made me like a Richard Attenborough film. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you hate Gandhi so much. It's it's it, there, but you can you can do I, it. Yeah, it's, I, I I don't you know I, I just I think I first time I saw that I was just wondering, do we still have the same president we had when the film started? <laughs> I, I, um, Where how many fingers am I holding up? That's well, no, because like, like, even in classes where you try to pick like, okay, can you show a clip of this and uh, to illustrate something? And like every every shot in that film is so leaden, and I, I, I think I was one of the ones that was just annoyed with how clean everything looked. Yeah, and it too, yeah. it just uh, like looked like a travelogue. A little bit. Well, that's that's average, that and it's just I like the, you know. I, I think going back, I think certain times like films that win Best Picture and like it's a really it's a film that you like a lot. And there also have to be five or six other like say yeah. 1950, All About Eve wins Best Picture, uh-huh. and I nobody. It, it's one of the you know. I think the consensus is that's one of the good yeah uh, calls because. It could have gone to several other films, and that would have been just deserving, like Sunset Boulevard or The mm-hmm. Third Man, or uh, maybe even The Asphalt Jungle. Right. Uh, but uh, you know, but they picked that one, and you can. But you know, in the case of uh, Gandhi, it just seems very egregious that, like, you had Tootsie, uh, The Verdict, uh, E.T., uh-huh. and uh, well, even uh, The World According to Garp. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, uh, but then again, I, I think that does seem like another sort of a, the issue that we had this year with, um, with uh, you know, just the the wrong picture sort of getting recognition. Yeah. And but you know, what do you, what do you say? And we look, we talked like Synecdoche uh, uh, and uh, the wrestler didn't get as many nominations. I think we'd have liked to have seen in the major. And then I was also in Shotgun Stories and yeah. Wally and the Dark Knight, uh-huh. which. I guess both of those have been covered so much that I don't know what to add, other than at least one of them should have gotten. And there, it's maybe that their um, their uh, place in uh, culture is not dependent on, on, on getting that. Yeah, which but, which all the films I think that were nominated this year, all, their legacies which will. I guess on. also, but that's also it, 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 it usually doesn't. Other than it gets you know put down in all of the. Any Oscar books or anything about the Oscars, that's what's always put down. But, you know, it, 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 those ceremony, like, things like that, are, they're always the films that nobody can remember uh-huh. the next year or what won. Like, uh-huh. those are the films that are uh, the most guilty of that. Because, like, you have to think, like, Jim Broadbent, he won for, for Iris. But, like, whoever thinks about yeah, that, right. you know, no, no dis- wonderful actor, but, like, no, who, who thinks about the film Iris other than, like, boy, it really didn't get that writer's life right. Uh-huh. Well, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting to sort of actually articulate the fact that Oscars usually do not um, do not ensure a sort of uh, a place in the history yeah. books, really. You just get a place on the... The Academy Awards yeah. uh, list, right? Uh, and it, it rarely sort of like um, rarefies an artist. Or uh, it's yeah. I mean, there's a temporary like every, people's salaries go up for a couple of years following, yeah. and if they if they have the film about the uh, you know uh, the severely handicapped box turtle that they've been <laughs> wanting to make, you know, yeah. they they might get to make that. But well, it's, it, it, and that's. Uh, Maybe to maybe to wrap up. That, okay, that's maybe because we've we've passed the hour mark. Impressive, um, but uh, I, I would say that. The, but, it, and no discussion of Black Dynamite during the uh, entire. It's coming! It's coming! <laughs> you what wait. hot American Black what, Dynamite? What, what hot American? What hot American black exploitation? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so the the Academy Awards didn't really. Um, I will watch again next year. I I, I I don't know that I would ever not yeah. watch them. I, I'm part, they, you know, I don't know what they would have to do. It would probably, you know, if I, I'd be violating something if I mentioned it, you know, yeah. in jest. But so. yeah, it's just, I, 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 I guess you and I are not necessarily like they're, they're not having to reach out. No, um, I, I think the people who already watch it watch it. It was just that again this year it was sort of like um, 
it was industry serving and it was fan serving, but has still not found a way to be sort of culture serving right. or, um, you know. Uh, and they had the films to do it, and they just seemed to be willfully like, yeah, nah, 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 So nah, when's nah, it gonna when's it gonna come back around? The last the last one that I think really connected with people was Titanic, and uh, yeah. it's been oh, oh, now over a decade. So uh, it's time, Academy, to start um, to start embracing popular culture. I think, uh, but um, well. Well, I I guess that that that's going to be about a wrap for the uh, first. Uh, do we decide on what hot American? Uh, uh, maybe we should put up a, a you know wherever this goes. We'll, we we should put up maybe a survey or something of okay. uh, possible names. But I I myself am a wet hot American uh, uh, sort of. Uh, I'm a fan. I enjoy okay. wet hot American podcast. Yeah, wet hot American podcast. Uh, wet and hot. Well, and it makes sense uh, uh, for our location being down here in a. And what seems like a monsoon, like Alabama. Oh, Lord. Um, that uh, I felt like uh, the thing I kept thinking about. I don't know. If this is a common thing to compare, but I, could, I feel like Jessica Tandy in the stage production of *A Streetcar Named Desire*, trying to deal <laughs> with Marlon Brando, just being the thin reed in the, the eye of the hurricane, like that. But, yeah, getting, um, getting I'm sure a lot of dudes have thought that they were like Jessica Tandy. <laughs> it's uh now we have committed it to digital file right, so right. uh you know maybe maybe that can enter the the popular sphere um but thank you uh thank you for listening again i'm justin runge and th- again thank you very much i'm saying and uh we'll be uh, uh seeing you in our minds again for the next uh, wet hot american podcast absolutely